This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Alex Ferrario, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Alex Ferrario. We are one day away from the beginning of uh, of the season. Hockey got going in earnest last night. Our dude Jamie Rivers getting ready to hit the road this afternoon. So uh, we be podcasting. Yeah, I figured it's perfect time. Just cutting some spots down at 101 for the fast lane, and uh, I got to be at the airport. We have a 350 flight today, but uh, we're meeting the team in Dallas. Ordinarily, we fly with the team, but they did their retreat team retreat beforehand, and that's obviously for team members only. So the media members are all. We're all, all the whack pack are all on the same flight down to Dallas today at 350. Very good. So, like, legitimately, this probably very dumb. I appreciate that it is. But it is legitimately the guys on the team and that is it. There is like is there coaches? Oh yeah. Okay, coaches. So anybody surrounding the team on a full-time basis. So trainers, equipment guys, coaches, okay. players, which makes sense because you guys those guys are they're in it all year right. together. And so, I, yeah, absolutely. But no media, uh, no PR staff, none nah, of that. Man. It's just team only. And when it's a, a group of guys that, by and large, know each other, are familiar with each other, have played with each other for a little while, like, not what is the point, because it's always good to get everybody together and have a great time, you know what I mean? But, like, why is it so important, even if there hasn't been a bunch of turnover and you're introducing new guys into the locker room? Yeah, it's mostly to get everybody focused. Again, you know, you've been away all summer. Everybody's been on their own agenda. Uh, Yeah, you've been skating probably for a month or so. Yes, you just went through training camp, but you really haven't had any time as a team. And so it's a good way to kind of get everybody focused back on team first, um, go over some things that you'd like to accomplish, team goals, personal goals, all that stuff, and just kind of get ready to go, get ready for a long season. It's it's a good little, like, refresh. Okay. So I know you're looking for – you're chomping at the bit to play a game that matters. Chomping at the bit. You just want to get out there and go. But also, if you're a vet – you know that this is the beginning of what you just said, a long freaking season. How do you mentally pace yourself to, to, to kind of ride out those like sort of highs and lows and everything? Because I would assume that if you are that you could go balls to the wall and burn yourself out by December. How do you like balance that sort of thing mentally and physically? You stay in the now. You know, if you start looking down the road at the schedule and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is game one of 82. I got 81 more of these games. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be playing in the NHL. Well, but it happens. Some okay. guys, you know, they, they as you get older, it happens because your body's tired, your body's sore, and you want to keep playing because you love playing. You certainly love making the paychecks. But, you know, it's not always an easy thing. Like, no matter how much you love your job or how passionate you are about what you do in any walk of life, there are mornings where you get out of bed and you're just not feeling it. Yeah, absolutely. And most of the time, well, most of society doesn't have to worry about 20,000 in the building plus however many are watching on TV looking at you, seeing if you're, you know, maybe not feeling it that day. <laughs> right. Like, if you show up here to the radio station, you're not feeling it, and the people will get, you know, 80% of Donnie Fandango, you can't really tell. Right. You know, you're like, okay, like, right. all right. <laughs> But if you show up and give 50 or 60% on the ice, I mean... Very you, apparent. You can see it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, for me it was always, you know, and I don't know what they do currently. I'll find out more as we go along with the season here. 
But for me, it was always about five game segments. Just kind of look out five games, um, you know, kind of set some personal goals uh, as a team and as an individual, even though you know I can only control what I can control. But you always want to have you know three out of the five games have victories. Three out of the five games be a plus player. Mm-hmm. You know, so then for me that that way I'm not looking too far. And then if I have a bad five game segment, it doesn't lead to ten or fifteen games because I'm not really focused on that. I can kind of park it after and then start my next five game segment. And you know the next five games could be way different, and you're not dwelling on the past. And it's then am- you're excited to see the next five. You know, like I don't know. That's Dude, it's, it's amazing the mind game that you play with yourself almost. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, yeah there's a lot of playing with yourself when it comes to your mind games. <laughs> right, right. Yes. But you do. Well I said, mean, Donnie. But you, you're just, you know, taking those, taking it as five games, that makes all of the all of the sense in the world. Well, something has happened since the last time that we podcasted. Uh-oh. Uh, and I don't exactly know uh, where this is all coming from, but it just seems as though... Blues fans seem to maybe be like down on this team a bit. Obviously, the national uh, hockey writing press oh, yeah. is not <laughs> is not uh, you know are not are not fans of the Blues. Listen, I've said it before here. I know that I get very optimistic and I get very excited because I just love hockey and I'm happy to have the guys back. But I genuinely, Jamie, genuinely, with all of the talking that we have done. I don't know why you wouldn't go into this season way more glass half full than glass half empty. It seems yeah. to me that there are many, 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 many reasons to be excited. And there are some concerns. And we're also in the Western Conference with a lot of good teams. But, yo, man, like, I don't understand. It feels like people are hitting the panic button before the season even started. So I think this is just a carryover. And let me explain. Last year, not great. For the Blues. All right, let's put that in the rearview mirror. Cardinal season's here. We know how that went. Yep. Not a good season. So people are not very optimistic right now. Yeah. That's my feeling overall. I mean, I deal with the text line and the YouTube chat every day down on the fast lane, and people are just, you know, they're skeptical of everything. I don't know how this player will be. I don't know if Army made the right decision. I don't know if the DeWitts will spend the money. I don't know if we can compete in the Central Division. It's just because, for me, it's like a uh, it's like a two-season hangover. The Blues season, the Cardinals season, and now the Blues season's back, and people are still like, we just got our ass handed to us two separate seasons in a row. I don't feel really good about this stuff. Man, that makes a lot of sense, dude. That's my take on it. Yeah. I could be 100% wrong, but I, I like you, uh, I'm feeling optimistic about this team. Do I think they're going to be, you know, competing for the Central Division title or Western Conference first place? No, I don't. It could happen, maybe, but I see them battling for third place in the Central Division. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, man, that's a victory for this team. Because you are behind two, I mean, a a tremendous Colorado team and a tremendous Dallas team. Well, the Dallas team, Dallas and Colorado are predicted to be the Stanley Cup contenders this Mm -hmm. year. So, yeah, and we get to start the season against Dallas. Isn't it so crazy? Not it's not crazy, but it's amazing to me that uh, that that Colorado. I guess it's not really because with having what's his name out for the year, Nikushka or what's his name, Landeskog. Landeskog. Yeah, he's out for the year, right? I think he's out for most of the year. Yeah, uh, until the playoffs. We thought that last year, but he didn't come back. And yeah. He's still injured, so I could see him coming back for playoffs this year, though. Yes. <sighs> 
So that team that was already going to be pretty good gets yeah. that guy back at the end of the season. Yeah, but it'll mess up all their chemistry, Donnie. Oh, right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 <laughs> right. Like, like when Patrick Kane came back and the Chicago Blackhawks, oh, that's right, they won the cup that year. <laughs> Dude, Damn it. It's so, it's so, it's so crazy. I mean, it's just, I, I see, and this is where me, the fan, is honestly like, is Colorado that good? Is Dallas that good? Yeah. Yeah, they, they're deep. They, they got a lot of talent and, you know, they got good defense, good goaltending. They're good hockey clubs. Yeah. It's okay. They're it's okay to have two teams in your division that are probably better than you are. But there's nothing nothing that says you can't finish third in that division. And then once you get to the playoffs, man, anything is possible, yeah. especially in the sport of hockey. Teams that are mediocre go on to win cups. We saw it with the LA Kings in one year, limped in, barely got in the playoffs, won the Stanley Cup. Last year, the Florida Panthers limped in because Pittsburgh Penguins couldn't close out a deal against the Blackhawks, and the Panthers end up in the Stanley Cup final. So, Blues end up third place, end up in the playoffs, anything can happen. But And also, too, man, like, if there is one thing that, that is very apparent in virtually any, I mean, any of the big sports, I mean, if you are playing right at the right time, that means as much as anything else. You know, so it's almost like the Blues can use the first month or two of the season not to figure it out as far as the wins and losses column, because you cannot... You know, you can't get too far behind in points in the West. I get that. But, like, they can kind of play with the formula a little bit, right? And kind of figure out what what they have here. Well, yeah. And the biggest thing is this team here in St. Louis this year got to figure out defensively how yeah. they're going to play. Now they have a, a new system, a new strategy, a new mindset. Look pretty good in preseason. You know, the test will be regular season, obviously. But if that system changes the amount of – you know, high-danger opportunities for the opposition, there's a lot that changes then. Now your goaltending is not as taxed as it once was, and you already know that you have a playoff goalie that is on your roster. Jordan Bennington, for whatever reason, he's able to elevate come playoff time. And so you got that guy. You're playing a tighter game defensively. You Maybe Thomas and Cairo take those next steps. Pavel Buchnevich establishes himself as like a superstar or some kind of a star player after this season. Who knows, man? Injuries for other teams. Like, this is why you just, this is why, this is why we do five game segments, Donnie. <laughs> right. This way we don't get carried away with everything. Right. Well, but the, but that's so, you know, man, that's so very true. Even just from a, from a, a you know, man, as a, as a Bills fan, five weeks in, you know Oof. what I mean? With no Milano for the rest of the year, most likely. No uh, Trey White for the rest of the season, for sure. With injuries all over the place. Like, you just can never, ever be prepared for that stuff. But when it happens, you just got to hope that you're still, you know, that the reserves can come in and 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 right the ship. Which, with the Bills, I don't have that, that, that faith. But with this Blues team, man, they're so loaded up front. I just feel like if a couple of our guys can take some legit steps to play both sides of the ice, Jordan, Kyrie, Robert, Thomas, then that's going to make a huge freaking difference just that alone. Well, it will for sure. And I just like the depth of the roster. Like your fourth line as it sits is Neighbors, uh, Sunquist, and Torpchenko. Like, it's great. I, I don't feel uncomfortable with that line out on the ice against anybody including Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Is that the matchup I'm preferring? No. But am I okay with it? Yeah. You're on the road. The other team has last change. You end up with your fourth line up there. There's no panic. We can't say that about last year. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to say this, and this is this is a Blues fan thing to say okay. or to ask, but does this is this fourth line reminiscent 
of the fourth line when the Blues won the Cup in that that you can trust them out there in big situations against almost any line, and every once in a while they're going to score, they're going to do something to 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 push the team forward. Yeah, let's just say it's the off-brand version of that, okay? Because you, you had Alex Steen. You got Alex Steen. Let's not get carried away. Yeah. Like, that guy, probably going to be a Blues Hall of Famer at one point yeah. here. Uh, you know, an exceptional hockey player, a really high hockey IQ, very good defensively. Okay. You're not replacing Alex Steen. Sunquist is easy. Well, you got Sunquist back, so well, we take care of that one. Let's not forget how instrumental Barbashev was, yeah, too, Barbie. on that. You know, Torpchenko could become Barbie defensively, but I don't know if he has the offensive upside. Where I where I lean with all of this is Jake Neighbors, who's kind of the wild card. Mm-hmm. Because if Jake Neighbors can become Ivan Barbashev, meaning he can score 20 goals, play the 200-foot game, kill penalties, be physical, now you're, you're getting closer to what you had in 2019. For me, the big difference maker, though, is still Alex Steen. You don't have that guy on yeah, your yeah, fourth yeah. line. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't mean you can't have a fourth line that you trust. It doesn't mean that they can't evolve throughout the season. That's yeah. why I said it's kind of the off-brand, where you taste it, it's good. I mean, it's not quite the name brand. Right. But, yeah. It'll do the job. I can, ta- I can handle this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tell me about, what are your thoughts on Jake Neighbors? And what do you think about him, where he is in his development right now as an NHLer? Because what, the dude is still 21? I think he's 21 now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a young young kid. Dude, uh, look, I think I think Jake Neighbors is exactly where he needs to be. Okay, you know, people had him projected to be a top six forward. Maybe, maybe, I I projected him to be a third line player in the NHL. Okay, and so that leaves him room to grow right now. But you know what I like about Jake Neighbors is that he works hard. Uh, he plays hard defensively. He plays physical. He's a team first guy. And if Verana or Blay or anybody up in that you know the winger starts to you know stumble or not play well. You can move Jake Neighbors up the lineup. It, you could easily see a, a a tough start for Sammy Blay. Maybe let's hope not. But if if it happens, mm-hmm. you could see a swap there, where Blay ends up going down the fourth line. Neighbors gets a shot on the third line. You could see if Verana can't handle the assignment out there defensively. If he's just you know too focused on scoring goals, you could see some kind of a change there. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's just very funny to me, man, because, like, I cannot watch the game with eyeballs like you as far as, you know, a lot of the the X's and O's that are happening. But there are definitely times where we can see our boy Verona that just doesn't feel like playing defense. <laughs> well, and, and it's unfair, too, to just grade him off of last year because 
He wanted to come to St. Louis. He was basically on a tryout. Yeah. So was Kapanen because, you know, Army, although they had a year left, Army could have bought them out, could have walked, could have traded him again, whatever, could have waived him. So I, I know that Verano wanted to get back on the score sheet. He wanted to prove that he's still, uh, I wouldn't say an elite goal scorer, but a good goal scorer in the NHL. And and look, those guys lean, they, they lean offensively. Yep. And this is the one thing that people have to wrap their brains around, is that your offensive guys are never going to be 200-foot players. They're never going to be that way. They just have to be able to lock it down in the last three minutes, three minutes of every period. No risky plays, no bad turnovers, no blind passes. Like, that's the difference. Like, Brett Hull wasn't a 200-foot player. You know, even Wayne Gretzky wasn't a 200-foot player. Mario Lemieux certainly wasn't a 200-foot player. But with the game on the line, they locked it down. Mm-hmm. You could put them out there. Brett Hull, you put him on the ice with the other team pulling their goalie, he'd be fine because he was smart. He knew positionally where to go. He'd make good plays with the puck. He knew not to screw around with it. So for me, it's not like 60 minutes, a 200-foot game, because you will lose an element of the offense that way. The body isn't built to go 100 miles an hour on both sides of the puck. Mm -hmm. And so I want Jordan Cairo to play. Let's just say he plays, you know, most of the game where he's he's got a pretty good grasp on defensively what he's doing, but he's jumping offensively, but then it's a tight game, and you need him out there to be smart. That's all I want. Right. Instead of trying to toe-drag it or put it through a guy's legs, put it off the boards. Chip it up the wall and go get it. I will see, and I, I think as you're as you're explaining this to me as well, I'm thinking to myself. Sometimes I think I have an unrealistic expectation of what a player's defensive responsibility should be, not only because of them and their offensive skill, but also too the way that the game is in 2023. You you know what I mean? It's a lot different. I mean, I know that we have talked about it before that like sometimes those defensemen are almost acting like. You know, forwards oh, yeah. for the most part. So that's the game changing as well, and 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 maybe me being slow to kind of recognize it a little. No, bit No, it's fine. Like everybody, it's buzzwords too. You hear two hundred foot game, and ah, uh, and then you think of Ryan O'Reilly, and you're like, why can't he play like that? Well, look at the point totals though. Look at what Cairo and Thomas were able to do offensively that you know O'Reilly wasn't quite doing in his last couple of years here. Mm-hmm. Now he was great defensively. I put him on the ice in any situation. Still going to be on my power play. When you look at it, you know, there's sacrifice on that. And did Ryan O'Reilly sacrifice some of the offensive game to be a good 200-foot play? Yeah, he did. And these guys will get there. But let's just realize that you want – right this year, you want that first line to be pedaled to the metal offensively. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, too, like you want Jordan Cairo to be Jordan Cairo. You 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 – you don't want to take yeah, if away. If you think he's going to be Ryan O'Reilly, then you've really made a big mistake. <laughs> right. You have misjudged yeah. this very, very Your poorly. scouting staff has missed the assignment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to ask a question real quick. We got to jump out of the blues uh, for just a second. I read this article last night on The Athletic, and I'm still not sure that it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense to me. But earlier this week, the Winnipeg Jets do long-term deals with, with, with Schleifley and with Connor Hellebuck. And at first I thought it was going to be to make Hellebuck easier to trade. But as I'm reading this article, they're talking about these two guys being the being the backbone of the Jets. But it feels like a wrong time to do that. I, can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Because I know a lot of folks were thinking Connor Hellebuck was literally just like, I mean— but waiting between now and the trade deadline before he gets moved out of Winnipeg. Well, he literally said, I'm not going to go through a rebuild. Yeah. And yeah. he had a year left on his deal. So, you know, he kind of held the cards. 
But, I, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. They're basically turning those two guys into their franchise players. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good that's going to be. We'll see. But either, aren't they both 30 and they got oh, seven-year yeah. deals? Yeah. The deal is really, the, the term is the problem I have, is Mark Shifley probably not going to be very productive after the age of 34 or 35, and Connor Hellebuck is a goaltender. Like, not many are Mark andre Fleury still kicking out there at you know in late 30s. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um, I think that what it is is Kevin Dayoff, who's their general manager, looking at the salary cap that's going to go up 4 to $5 million next year. Um, I think he's just trying to rebuild this team, but with a couple of corner pieces that he can build around and, you know, kind of maybe attract some free agents in the next couple of years to come up to Winnipeg and, and you know, be on a winning yeah. competitive team. That's the only thing I get out of it uh, is that he's forecasting as well that the salary cap's going up and that these guys' contracts won't be that much of a nuisance to him. But but it's but it does make sense for me to read that and to still be a little confused. Yeah, I was about too. That. I thought both players would definitely be on their way out. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I time will tell. Time will tell, and maybe Chevy knows something we all don't, and, and maybe he doesn't, and he'll be out of a job. What if you are a nineteen-year-old, eighteen-year-old kind of bedard, and the NHL world is focused on every single thing in which that you do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a teammate. To an 18-year-old Connor Bedard, I would bet you that you're trying, I don't want to say insulate is the right word, but you're kind of trying to, like, I don't know, not only maybe keep his head screwed on straight, but, like, you as a teammate have to have a role in that, I would assume, and he would have to be open to, you you know, to the other older players kind of helping him along. That's got to be an unbelievably tough spot for that kid. Yeah, from what I gather, he's very well grounded with the whole process. So I, I don't necessarily think he'll get too cocky or too full of himself. But you got a couple of guys in Chicago now in, uh, in Nick Felino for sure, um, Corey Perry as well. They'll keep him grounded. Mm-hmm. Like they will. You say that with almost a little smirk on oh, your yeah. face. Well, almost. Just, you can sense it as an older player when a kid's getting a little too full of himself or getting a little too carried away, and then you can just knock him down a peg or two. Nothing, nothing harmful or anything. Right. But you just you'll keep it in perspective, type thing for that player. And you know, the older guys are going to have to talk with the team and find out you know what the expectations are of this player. I'm not even talking about his hockey. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you really planning to do with this player? Like, how much is his focus going to be tested? How exhausted is he going to be from jumping from radio to TV to national TV to doing the Pat McAfee show the other day? Like, how much is this going to drain the kid who's never played 82 games in the NHL before? Right. So there, I, I think there has to be a real group effort in, you know, kind of uh, managing this player. Because right now, the Chicago Blackhawks, coming off a couple of terrible seasons— they're trying to recapture their fan base. The NHL is trying to uh, capture the moment and drive up viewership or sales with jerseys or T-shirts or whatever. And, you know, the player's not necessarily the one that people care about. They care about the player to continue to be out there, yeah. but only to make them money. And so I think that as an organization, as a coaching staff, I think there should be a very clear plan as to how this is going to work. I think that as a coaching staff, you know it's going to be Connor Bedard heavy early in the season. And then you're just hoping that the play matches the hype. 
so that that means your team and the player are developing together and probably more successes than failures. And you're just hoping that, you know, he can handle it. If he starts to not handle it or not even from getting cocky, just run down or maybe he's not playing as good as people thought. Maybe teams are beating him up a little bit and he can't, you know, handle the regret. Now all the focus is on him for the wrong reasons. So then you're no longer talking about Connor Bedard, the superstar. You're talking about Connor Bedard struggling. Right. Boy, he's struggle busting out there. Mm-hmm. And that'll just crush a kid too. So I think for me it would be uh, you know, the coaching staff, the management, the marketing of the Chicago Blackhawks that are all on the same page with all this stuff. And, and, and I would hope that when, it, when it's a player like this that could be you know, a, a foundational piece that these kind of meetings, these kinds of conversations happen because, I mean, you, I mean that's an. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but that's an investment that you do not yeah. want to miss on. <clears throat> yeah, but some people get lost in the moment too. Even organizations, even the league, even the NHL can get lost in the moment because they're looking to build this hype train up so much that they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't care about the kid. It's just it's not there. They don't care until it's time to care. Mm-hmm. And so. I think that's why there has to be like layers of protection for this kid to where three or four different entities surrounding the process are all on the same page. And if there's a week where you need Connor Bedard to no media, you'll get your 10 minutes after the game, and then after that he's unavailable. Mm-hmm. Give the kid a breather. Let him be a kid. Let him go home and, you know, whatever, play video games or whatnot. Like, let him unwind a little bit well and i just again and i go back to being i just cannot imagine being a 19 year old in chicago and be the 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 savior of the blackhawks i i i don't think that i would handle that particularly well on a couple of different levels Donnie, it would be very challenging i can tell you being 19 and in st louis was challenging i cannot even imagine that, I, I yes i can and this was a world without Cell phones, yeah. without social media, without internet. And it was still a very difficult time to be focused on everything you should be focused on. So playing in a market like Chicago um, and everything else that's included in all that, there's going to be some some struggles. But from what I gather, he's a really quiet, you know, to himself kid. His personality is very much that of like a Sidney Crosby, business first, play second. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that probably helps him a lot. It was so crazy when uh, they had you know uh, Crosby and Bedard talking on ESPN. I thought that was really neat, by the way. I thought it was amazing. But the thing that struck me so much, man, is I remember looking at Sidney Crosby going, "Look at that baby face little fella." Oh yeah. And now the shoe is on the other foot. <laughs> you know, Crosby Bedard looks, looks like he's fourteen. He sure does, man. He does not look like he is eighteen no. years old, like at all. And that was the thing that, like, I was like, "Holy crap!" You yeah. know. And I, I don't, I just really, and I've never, I know that there are people that call him Cindy and all those sorts of things, and I don't know. <laughs> those people are just jealous. Of I, me. I just everything about that dude. I just like and have always liked. And even coming up like a couple of weeks ago, I saw him delivering season tickets to a Penguins fan. And like just the way that the guy was carrying himself just looks like a regular dude, man. He just looks yeah. like a regular guy. He is. He's you from th- a small town up in Canada, and he, that's never left him. And that's why he's such a great leader, such a great player is, you know, what you see is what you get. Is Ovi going to catch the great one? I don't know, man. Uh, Do you want him to catch the great I don't really want him to. Yeah, yeah. For a couple reasons. One, uh, you know, I grew up watching Wayne 
I played against Wayne, played with him, played for him, and now he's a friend of mine. Yeah. And so it's like, do I want Gretz to you know, lose that record? No, not really. Same token, it's exciting, too, to see a modern-day player do it, scoring the number of goals that he scores like cons- consistently. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Ovi's going to have to score goals at a pretty good pace, and he's going to have to stay healthy. And, you know, his career has shown that he stays healthy, and he doesn't really need to move a whole hell of a lot out there to score goals. So we'll see. You know, man, I, and this just came to, to my – and this is not massively important, I, but but I just – in thinking about this. So we're talking about Alexander Ovechkin, who virtually plays every day. You know, I, I mean, a, 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 you know, a hard hat, pale kind of guy. And, you know, we see things in Major League Baseball about how they worry about starting pitchers so much and not putting so much stress on them. And then in the NBA, they have the the, the time management stuff, which load is just— Load management. Load management, which to me is just—we don't hear about any of that stuff with hockey players. No. Like at all. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe hockey's just not as smart as the other sports. I don't know. Pitchers, I get it because it's a, it's the same movement over and over and over. You know, all you're doing is breaking down the tissue in your shoulder and your elbow and all that. So I can see, you know, having a pitch count to where you want to keep a guy at. As far as the NBA and load management, I don't get that. I don't get it. That know. makes, honest to God, that makes me not want to watch those NBA teams with those players that are doing that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. Look, it's no secret. I'm not a huge basketball fan. Yeah. I just, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't get me going. I like college basketball. I, I do like too. the NCAA tournament. And, you know, every now and then I'll throw on a playoff game in the NBA. But I don't know. I've lost, I grew up being a basketball fan too. Like, I, I, the Lakers and the Celtics were the two teams back when I was growing up. It was Same Bird season, versus man. Magic. Yeah. And, I mean, I was all in. Then I was all in when Michael Jordan played for the Bulls. Same. And, but then this new era of basketball has just kind of lost me. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You got guys who you know pride themselves on playing all 82 games in the NHL, and it's just tough to imagine you know not wanting to play every game. I, and I just can't imagine some of those guys like being like, hey, listen. We're gonna sit you for a couple games in the press box because we're worried about your 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 time or your your management or whatever. I mean, right, like I can see somebody trying to say that to Ryan O'Reilly, and Ryan will be like, "Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we even doing? We're not here? doing that. No. Yeah, Whew. it's here, Jamie. It is, baby. Tomorrow night. I'm so ready. So you're packed. You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm. I'm headed to the airport right now. As soon as you we're got, done. You got your toothbrush. Oh yeah, I got everything. Uh, spare change of underwear. Oh yeah. All right. We're good deodorant. Of course. All right. Yeah. Good. Nice suit picked out. Good. Nice tie. All that stuff. Good, good. I'm good to go, buddy. All right. I, lo- I-, I love every single bit of it. <laughs> this is so great. My son, um, my oldest son, lives out on his own. Um, he is trying to make better financial choices for himself, so he is, Aren't we all? is <laughs> he is not currently paying for cable or for an app to watch the blues. Okay. So he is going to be coming over to the uh, the house on a regular basis. There you and go. we are gonna be watching hockey. So tomorrow night, man, I'm gonna order up some emos. I'm I, I honest to God, man, I might put it on two different TVs in my living room <laughs> just because I'm so happy that hockey's back, man. Are you excited? I am so excited. But man. but it's not like you haven't done it before. No, I know, but it's still exciting. But still, it's it's exciting. It's the first game of the year. Yep. 
I can't wait to get to Dallas and get in my hotel room and then start doing all my game prep and doing stuff. And then tomorrow morning, man, we get the pregame skate and can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Dude. Well, I don't. I know I don't need to tell you good luck. Thank you. Because you're fan-freaking-tastic. Well, no, I appreciate but it. But safe travels and do great stuff. And we can't, I mean, we're going to all be rooting for you uh, as the season goes on. I hope you know this. Thank you. I appreciate it very And much. I do still think that we should find a way for me to sit behind you at some Blues game. We'll figure it out. I think that that would be fun. And, and if anything else, it means that I'm sitting really close to the ice. You might have a hard time seeing around me. Well... I have, That's the one thing I feel bad for those fans who bought those tickets for all those years. Oh, yeah, because they, they, were, they were behind Panger. They literally had nothing in their way <laughs> to block them from seeing the ice, and now they've got me, who's, you know, let's see, Panger's 5'6", I'm 6'1". You know, do the math, seven inches taller. And I feel like 5'6", on a very good day yeah. for Panger. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like we're being very kind. Shoulders are a little wider, and, you know, so. I didn't even think about that. Well, folks, you know. Sorry, I guess. For Jeff Burton, Alex Ferrario, our dude Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, thanks for listening to the Last Minute Blues Podcast. As always, let's go Blues! The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com.